And so we are here for We Are The Light Part 3. Everybody say, We Are The Light. We are the light. Amen. If you have your Bibles um, on your phones or in your uh, physical Bible, let's go to Colossians chapter 3. If someone is sitting next to you and they have a Bible, just like do what the people do on the train. Just lean over and start reading. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. We are the light. We are the light. Hello. Brady took your Bible? Brady, don't steal Bibles in church of all places. All right. Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to read a few verses together and we're going to unpack it as we go along. Colossians chapter 3. If some of you are still trying to find it, catch up with us. Um, You'll be there. All right, so I'm going to ask for your undivided attention tonight. Uh, we'll keep all jokes, all comments for after the preaching. Is that okay? Amen. The only sound that must come out of your mouth is amen. amen. All right. Cool. Colossians chapter 3. This is Paul writing to the Colossian church uh, to give you background into this uh, book. Colossians is a city that is thriving. They're selling wool, they're dying wool, and they, they're thriving as a city, the, the, the economy is good. And Colossians is a church that finds them, uh, it's a mixed population. There's Gentiles and Jews. They carry the Jewish law and the rules of the Jewish people. But then they, they, they entertain the Gentiles, um, what do we call it, gods and their beliefs, sort of. So we have this thing in the city where it's mixed people. And um, that thing follows over into the church. So what is happening is, the Colossian church is now entertaining other gods and other ways of worshipping um, God in a Gentile type of way, not following the Jewish practice. All right? I feel like you're in school tonight, no? Monique? Uh, biology. But this is what Colossians is. They're in a mix. So Paul now has to correct some things that's happening in the church. But notice that every time there is correction brought in the church, it is not to the church as a whole always. It is to the individuals. And I think this is the, the power of the Bible. That the Bible speaks to, to me first before it speaks to you. That the Bible always says me first and then you. But the, when the Bible speaks to me first, it is with a goal for you. And so when God, God corrects me, it is not just for my own benefit, but for your benefit too. And so that is what's happening here. Paul says, before I can address the whole church issue, let me get some things right in the people's lives. And so, Colossians chapter 3. We'll read a few verses together. We're going to go tonight. Thank you for handing over early to me. We're going to push some word here tonight. And then next week, before I leave to... Are we, are we here next week? Okay, we'll pray about where we are next week. But the next time I preach, we're going to preach, we are the light part four. All right, but we're going to turn it up a bit. You guys better bring like friends and bring believers. Bring unsaved, bring believers, bring everybody you can. Bring your mommy and your daddy them also. They can say, hear the word. They're like, no, not my mommy. Then I can't chat to Caden. And, uh, like. <laughs> Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Ah. If you are then 
Listen to, listen to the tone of Paul's writing here. He says to the Colossians, If then you were raised with Christ to seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God, set your what? Set your heart? Set your emotions? Set your what? We dealt with the mind last week. We dealt with the mind last week. And so Matthew, I'm going to ask that you stop packaging the podcast and the, the sound clips so that they can listen to it afterwards, okay? Set your mind. It's with your mind that you serve the Lord. It's with your mind. If you, can, if you can control your mind, you can control your actions. If you can control your mind, you can control your emotions. It all begins with your mind. And so set your mind on the things above, not on the things on the earth. Verse 3. You see, let me just pause here for a moment. Set your minds on the things above. This is not Paul saying to the church, be heavenly minded and no earthly good. He's not asking you to, he's, I wish I could unpack this thing and I had the time and I will probably in the next couple of weeks. But heaven is not just there. Jesus teaches us and he says, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? He says that while you're on earth, think heaven. Think heaven, Jamie. He says, while you're here, don't think heaven in the sense, um, we used to sing a song, Jesus is saying, you guys are so occupied with getting to heaven that you are neglecting heaven on earth. Set your mind on things so when you walk, you should think heaven. Because what you are carrying is heaven on the inside of you. I have given you the power and authority. He says, everything that you need, I've given all of heaven inside of you. So that you can be the light of the world. Set your mind on things above. I wish I could preach like I feel like preaching. Verse 3, for you died, for you died, for you died, your flesh died, and your life is hidden within Christ. Verse 4, when Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. That's not speaking about heaven. That's not speaking about glory somewhere. We're going up yonder to glory. He says that when you are in Christ, and when Christ appears, then you are the glory of God appears in you. Can you imagine walking into the room? You come out of the presence of God. And the glory of God is shining on you. Jesse Duplantis, one day he was praying. Preacher in America, he was praying. And um, you know Jesse Duplantis, guys? Jesse Duplantis, a famous preacher in uh, America. He was praying before a service. And the Lord takes him up out of his body into heaven. To experience heaven because the Lord is telling him, I want you to tell people that heaven is real and hell is real. Anyway, long story short, he's, he's done spending time in prayer. He is so uh, wrapped in the glory of God that as he walks into the service that he was invited to preach, people start falling on their faces. People start falling on their faces because the glory of God was so intense that people could not stand in that presence 
What we experience here on a Friday, what we experience on a Sunday, is nothing compared to what the glory of God can be revealed in our lives. I'm not talking, I'm not asking you to fall out in the train. No, no, no. I'm not asking you to act, uh, to do, I'm asking you to be filled with the glory of God. Therefore, put to death your members which were on earth. Hmm. Put to death your members which are on earth. Listen to this. Listen to this. Fornication. Uncleanliness. Passion. Passion. I'm not talking about passion like, oh, I love doing that. I, you know what the passion was? That's why some people pull their teeth for the passion gap. Like, like. Evil desire. Covetousness, which is idolatry. Listen to this. He says, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. What does that mean? It means the moment that things are still alive in you, you are worshipping it. Man, we say we love God. But if this thing still exists, our worship is nullified because we are worshiping a foreign God. And because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Verse 6, verse 7. In which you yourself once walked when you lived in them. Let's go. Verse 8. But now. You yourselves are to put off all these things. You see, I want you to look at me real quick. Sometimes we judge the unbeliever for what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. We say, We judge them. But Paul says, okay, fornication and those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We understand that that still exists in some of them in the church. The Gentiles, they're still worshipping that uh, things. But you... But you believers, but you those that say that you serve God, you are to put off these things. Anger. I want you to think about this week, boss. Some of you got so angry you felt like swearing. Some of you even did. Wrath. Jacobs. Oh, Jacobs. Malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Verse 9, do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. This is not my words, this is the word of God. Verse 10, and I have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him which created him. Can I say to you here tonight? When people see you, they should see God. The closest image that we have to God is you. I know the Catholics, I was a Catholic once upon a time. We used to have all types of pictures of Jesus, all types of pictures of Mary, all types of pictures of even God. Even the Bible says no one can look at God and still live. But we had pictures of them. And so we bold this image about Jesus. You wear a rosary on your chest and there's a Jesus on the cross. You have that. But here it says that you put on the new man so that the image of God is revealed. 
When you give your life to God, when people look at you, you are the closest thing people will see to God. <laughs> Can you imagine when you look at God one day? Just picture this for me for the sake of whatever. Can you imagine Tony getting to heaven and you're picturing this big, big God getting there and when you look in his face, he looks just like you. Just picture that for a moment. <laughs> and he says, Alicia, I want you to look at the life that you lived. Play the movie, Peter. Play the movie of her life. Show her. Show her the good, the bad, and the ugly. Show them moments of grace that they had to repent, but they did not. Show them the moments that they heard the word and did not take heed. Show them the moment that the word of God went out and spoke into a situation in their lives, but they did not take heed. Show them so that my judgment will not be in vain. <laughs> it's okay. Where there is neither Greek or Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, and okay. Verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering. When lost did you do something nice for somebody else? When lost were you the least in the situation? Or did you always just want to make your boss? So he said, When lost were you the, the meek? And some of you teenagers, you have a problem even with your parents to show humility. Yeah. Bearing with one another, forgiving one another. You know, I was writing today and I was thinking about some things. I was thinking to myself, hey, nobody's in a position to judge anybody. I try to live holy. I do my best every day. I try to do my best every single day. Yet, guess what? I still fail. I am in no position to judge any of you. Why? Because it doesn't mean my sin is in my thoughts and your sin is in action that makes it different. Just because I got angry and thought some things in my mind and nobody heard, God still hears it. God knows the depths of your heart. God sees the most secret places. He sees the most darkest places where the things happen. He knows all of it. He's an all-seeing God. I'm in no position to judge you. But as your leader, I can help you overcome some things. If you take heed to the word. So when else have you done something nice for somebody? Being the light of the world is not just about preaching. And strapping. And you're like saunders. And you're like hooray. And you're like, we had a post like a brother like that. Just remember those years? I'm a hooray, I'm a rook, I'm a drunk. You lose people more like that. Paul gives us a way of being a light. He says, put on tender mercies. Kindness. Take an extra sandwich to somebody at school. I see you haven't had bread for a couple of days. I brought you a sandwich. Can you imagine the power of that? Buy somebody else a McDonald's if you can. What we've lost as a generation is the spirit of generosity. We've lost it. 
Because it's all about me. That's what social media done. All about me. It's also about me, how I look, my shoes, my clothes, my hair, my, my back. It's all that. But God is instructing us to have a spirit of generosity. This week I challenge you to be the light and be generous to somebody. Take some extra food with the school. Take some extra pencils or pens with for the exams. Do something that's kind towards somebody else. Something that does not have. If you by the means, be kind. Humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving. Forgiving one another. Forgiving one another. Forgiving one another. Can I say this to you? Before you, you can forgive anybody else, forgive yourself. If anyone has a complaint against one another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must do also. But above all things, we are the light. We are the light. But above all things, well, before you, after all, you've heard everything, after you've heard everything, before all of that, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. It is love that propels us to action. If you cannot love, leave it all. Stop your singing, stop your preaching, stop your playing, stop your whatever you're doing. Stop it. If there's no love in your heart, stop it. Take a break until you can find love. Ask God to restore the love. But love is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To which you were called in one body. Is everybody still with me? Verse 16. Let the word, listen to this. This is for every person in this room, leader, uh, media, band, singer. Listen to this. Colossians 3 verse 6, I want you to write it down, make a note of it, put this as your status, do whatever you need to do, but let this be on your hearts from tonight onwards. Verse 16, Colossians 3 verse 16. If you forget the reference, John 3 16, and then uh, Colossians 3 verse 16. It says, let the word of God dwell within you richly. Listen to this. Let the word of God dwell in with you, dwell in you richly. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. John 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the word. And the word was God. And the word is God. And it was with God. And the word of God became flesh, which is Jesus. He says, whatever you do, get the word in you. Get Jesus. In all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs, singing with the grace in your hearts to the Lord. When last did you have a Christian conversation with your friends? When last did you have a, a conversation that bolds your spirit instead of entertains in your flesh? When last did your conversations lead towards Christ? Or is all you do you speak about things of the flesh. To some of you, this is a joke. But very soon you'll begin to see some things. Very soon. And in whatever you do, in deed or in word, to all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through Him. Tonight I wanted you to hear the Word of God. I didn't preach much. I just shared the Word basically with you. That's all I did. I just literally shared what was in the Bible with you. Tonight... Let the word of God dwell richly in you. When last did you pick up your Bible? I can tell you, some of you have not even seen your Bible this whole month. Some of you have not even seen 
the pages of your Bible this whole month. If I'm right, say amen. You won't say amen. Because you think this is just a, a book for Sunday. This is just a Sunday book. Not even as a Friday anymore. Some of you leave it at home on a Friday because you came here for somebody else. This thing should be your life. I have one in my car. I have one that I preach out of. I have one on my phone if I can't get to my one in my car. But the word of God needs to dwell within you richly. If tomorrow the government says all Bibles are banned, what are you going to do? I leave to China on the 4th of, of uh, November. Guess what? Bibles are not allowed. They, you cannot access Google. They have a firewall. You cannot access Google, Facebook, uh, nothing like that. Bibles are banned. But guess what? I have the word of God in me. So they can take my Bible or they cannot take the word. <laughs> they can keep my Bible. I just want to bless them with it. But they cannot take the word of God that's in me. Because when you can't find your Bible in the times of, uh, of, of hardship and pain and anger and bitterness, when you can't find your Bible in the times where things are going tough, the word of God should dwell within you richly. There should be a word that pops in you when you're angry. It says, don't let your anger turn into sin. I know this is hard, but don't let it turn into sin. Don't, don't, don't grab him. Don't swear at him. Because the word, the word of God is inside of you. Young people, my encouragement to you tonight, every person in this room, get some word in you. Can I tell you one thing while I close? The reason why you are being defeated in so much areas of your life is because there's no word in you. The Bible says that the Satan comes to, to Jesus and he tempts Jesus. Jesus says, it is written. I'll give you all of this. He says, it is written. Can it be the reason why you're always living a life of defeat? Because there's a lack of word inside of you. There are some things that don't move me. It doesn't move me. Used to. Don't move me no more. Why? Because I've got the word in me. So when people get on my nerves, and they do, when people irritate me, and they do, guess what? Get some word in you. Get some word in you. If you don't like reading, get an audio Bible. There's some apps that even have an audio that will just play. The man will speak. Genesis 1, chapter 1. In the beginning was the word. He speaks. But just get some word in you. Stop watching Kardashians and Siamon Alan and get some word in you. Touch three people and say, get some word in you. 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 I know, I know Kardashians is cool and the different makeups Kylie's bringing out. I know all of that stuff is cool. But get some word. Get some word in you. I'm all for TV. I'm all for that. I'm not saying switch on the TV, throw it away. Get some word in you. Tonight I pray that you'd hear, you'd hear the word of God. That you'll not just hear it, but take heed to it. That it will get into your spirit, man. That you will find in you a love for the word of God. That you will not just see a Bible as something for a Sunday, but make it part of your daily routine. Do, the, do they still sell those things that you used to get? Daily bread. You take every day a scripture out, they put it at the back. Get some word in you. That's all you can read, one sentence, get it. The other day I was so tired. I was super tired. And I didn't get a chance to read my Bible. You know what I did? On Daystar, 
on DSTV for some of you know to have a whole three four hours of reflection and they just play music and scripture music scripture and so I begin to read and the music plays and I begin to read and the music plays I'm getting word in me I'm getting word in me guess what I felt good after that I felt good after that I was, I was thinking about something else but I began to get some word in me get word in you whatever way you can switch off good up and hot get some word in you Love kinky afro, get some kinky word. Yeah, whatever skull was Friday, we're gonna skull. Get some word in you. Get some word in you. I'm making jokes of it, but I want to say to you tonight. There's gonna become a time when the devil's gonna test you. There's gonna be a time when the devil's gonna test you. And you're either gonna pass or you're gonna fail based on the level of word in you. Get some word in you. Let the word of God, Colossians 3 verse 16, let the word of God dwell within you. Not just dwell within you. He didn't stop there. Don't let it just dwell within you, Alicia. Don't let the word of God just be, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. He said, no, 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 no. Don't let the word of God just dwell in you. Let it dwell within you richly. 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 Means that there's depth to it. You will be, beyond Psalm 23, some of you just know that. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You make me lie down and keep passing. That's all you know. John 3 verse 16. So the Lord loved the world and he gave his only son. But get some word in you. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The suffering that I'm enduring is temporary. Can, cannot compare to the glory that it's going to... You get some word in you. Because when there's nobody else to encourage you, you have to tap into something that's inside of you. When nobody else is encouraging you, get some word in you so that when you're going through hell and I want you can get some. Stand to your feet, we're gonna pray. I hope you will help tonight. We are the light. 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 Put put to death the old man. Get rid of unforgiveness and all those things. Put on meekness, kindness. Put it on. Do something good for somebody. Humility. Bear with one another. It's not easy, but bear with one another. Forgive one another, even as Christ has forgiven you. I want you to go and read Colossians chapter 1, chapter 3, from verse 1, all the way through. To what? No. Oh, 17? Yeah. 17. 17. I want you to read it all the way through. Can we do it this week as homework? Colossians 3, verse 1 to 17. You're going to find some things that I didn't even mention here tonight. The Lord is going to speak to you. The Holy Ghost is going to speak to you. Get some word in you. Get some word in you. Get some word in you. We are the light of the world. But we cannot shine if we don't have. While you're standing to your feet, somebody put on Facebook this week. Uh, and I almost felt like he was taking a stab at me because he was there on Saturday where I preached. He says, stop telling us what's so wrong with the church. But if nobody's going to point out what's wrong, how are we going to get it right? It's easy to come and say, the Lord is going to bless you. The I, we can preach messages like that. But somebody has to say, you have to watch out for these things. Somebody has to say it. So Pastor Cindy was like kind of lightly rebuking me saying, you're just preaching hard messages. I said, the Lord, telling Pakit, 
I basically just said that in English. But, but, but somebody has to do it. Because we have, we have played too much in church. We have played too much. We have had too many good times in church that we forgot that there is a world waiting on us. And so if the Lord allows me to preach this message wherever I go, I will preach it. We are the light. We are the light. On the back of your heels at the top and on the back of your t-shirt, it says we are revival. We pray, Lord, send revival. Lord, send revival. Lord, send revival. The Lord said to me, you are the revival that you're praying for. We are the revival. Can you imagine the thing that we've been praying for? God said, you are. God changed our communities. He says, you are the change. God changed my home. You are the change. God changed my family. You are the change. We are the light. We are revival. We are change. We are everything that we've been praying for. God has put it in us. Let thy kingdom come. And let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to get something right here tonight in this generation and in this young people. For those who are listening even to this podcast. Let's stop focusing on getting to heaven. And let's focus on bringing heaven to earth. So that we can be the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill which cannot be hidden. Tonight, dear God, I thank you for your word. Thank you that your word carries power. Your word is like a two-edged sword that cuts through the bone and marrow. You cut, your word cuts into the secret places of our lives, oh God, to bring correction, to bring alignment, to bring order. I pray tonight, dear God, that your word as it went out in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 17, that you would speak to us first. Help us to get our lives right so that we can shine for you, dear God. That we can bring a difference to wherever we go. So that you can use us, dear God, freely, without any hindrance, in Jesus' name. I pray for every young person in this room that heard the word and will take heed to it tonight, dear God. I pray that you'll bless them. Put them in places, dear God, of influence. Bring them in places, dear God, that their, their, their ordinary gifting and talent would not bring them. I pray that even in this room tonight, dear God, on the 18th of October, in this humble youth ministry, I pray that you would raise up politicians, that you would raise up people in every sphere of government and in every sphere in the media world and in the sports world and in entertainment, wherever you want to send them. I pray that you would raise them out, out, out of this youth ministry. You would use us to shine bright. In Jesus' mighty name, use us, oh God, in every world that you place us in. Use us in Jesus' name. We are available to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Give us love. Give us meekness. Give us kindness. Help us, dear God, with unforgiveness and bitterness. Help us, we pray. Holy Ghost, touch your people tonight, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give somebody a nice hug tonight and bless them.